0: Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. That's Numbers 11, 29 that we had in our first reading today. Now, I wonder how are you prophets and how I? And I would say in the first place, by being here. Lots of other things to do. By coming in here today, we're saying we're not God, God matters and we want to hear what God has to say. Don't you think? And so each of you as an arrow coming in here are really a directional indicator to people how to find peace of heart and how to find a foundation and therefore stability in life. Those things so much sought and so little found and yet those great treasures have we all to the extent we put ourselves in God's hand and offer our lives to the good Lord. And know that we need God and knowing that, spend time with God at least every week Sunday in our prayers of the week, and then listen to God's word in Christ himself, indeed, in the gospels. If you want a great example of that, you can look at the middle window over here, the third window, whichever side you count, Feel free to turn around in church. It's loud now. None of the nuns from first grade are here, but they have all the best intentions and insights in the world, as nuns do. But the middle window is St. Augustine. And he ran away from God and was sure he knew better, just like so many of us so many times. But not all the time. And then after so many gods had failed, he prayed to gods that could not save, he came through the influence of the next window up St. Ambrose, Uh, He came by the influence of St. Ambrose as the saying went, his saying, when we have gone all ways, we shall come at last to him who said, I am the way. And he found the treasure his heart sought, but had always to that time missed. That famous scene around this time of year, in uh, late in 386 in the garden, realizing how empty his life was, moving away from his friend, so he wouldn't see him breaking down and hearing the child shouting, "'Tole, Lege, take up and read,' and seeing the books of Paul, book of Paul's epistles he left on the lawn and picking it up immediately to that time, he'd been saying, in a while I'll be converted, Lord, but not yet, but then picking that up, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, 13, 14, and all the doubts fell from his mind and heart and soul, and he resolved to be a Catholic Christian at long last as his mother, Saint Monica, had long prayed and he was brought into RCIA, and then baptized by St. Ambrose in Milan Cathedral on the 24th of April in 387. An interesting year because by 397, in those 10 years, he became become acutely conscious of God's help to him, God's providence, God's care, God's love, even in the face of Augustine running away from him. God being very sharp, God having run faster still to capture Augustine and bring him back to himself. And that great story, that great saga of God's love and care, God's providence, gave us the Confessions, the greatest autobiography of all time. And in the Confessions, the first book, the first chapter, the first paragraph ends with that marvelous line, which we all know by heart we're probably taught at our mother's knee. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in thee. You may have heard of Christian anthropology, of Christian understanding of the human person. You may have taken a course in it. If you haven't had a chance to take a course in it or don't have the funds, don't worry. That line is worth a semester course in Christian anthropology. You've made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in thee." Augustine was brilliant, but that was the greatest thing he ever said. Besides the love of God, we know there's love of neighbor, and as COVID has isolated us, we've been more acutely conscious of that. In our loneliness, we sensed immediately, daily, hourly, our need for others, and now as we are come back to church rejoicing, with a caveat of wise caution, in the midst of a pandemic with a much more virulent strain, how important to keep our masks on, and yet, in the midst of this needing each other, we had the grad student dinner to be every thir- first Thursday last month. We had 90 at the grad student dinner. We have, in terms of the needs and hungers and thirsts of the human heart, we had 33. I had the mass last night and called up the catechumens. And the candidates, there were 33 people, stretched. They had to constantly move over to let more people file in. So deep and profound, the human needs of the human heart, which we slake with distractions, but then finally come at last to him who said, I am the way, we finally find our thirst, our need, slaked by the love of God given to us, made visible for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we come to hear God's word and to listen to that. Nothing better, if you want to do an examination of conscience, as Catholics, we're doing that all the time. Nothing better than the epistle of James, the letter of James. It sets us so many times to write. Not only about our sins, but our sins of omission. You, know, you can go to confession and do a list and say, well, this month I, I didn't commit murder, didn't commit rape or arson or assassination, so I guess I'm doing fine. <laughs> But you and I know there are also sins of omission. They're also greater and more frequent, perhaps, than the sins of commission. And wisely, James calls us out on that. He makes the constant point that words are not the same as deeds. You can say, stay warm and well fed, but not give someone starving something to eat. And so he makes the point again. It was captured for us vividly by the nuns in every year in Catholic grammar school, you know what they would teach us in terms of examination of conscience? They would point the sins we could commit, the Ten Commandments and other things, but they would also say, the sin that cries to heaven for vengeance is defrauding a worker of her or his wages. That sin cries to heaven for vengeance. And you see in the newspaper, restaurants, uh, small breakfast places in New York where people aren't being paid the right wages, advantage taken of them because of where they're come from. And you see that in other ways as well. I, was, I found myself once at Yale, we all make mistakes. We all have faults, skeletons in every closet. And I went up to the business school to pass time before I had to do something, and I saw Business Week, and Business Week had numbers down the cover. Columns of numbers, with ticker symbols, I believe they're called. You know the letters, the capital letter for a a company? And then a number, and the numbers were all ratios. They were ratios of the CEO's salary to the lowest paid full-time worker. Now, by the way, this is not representative of all CEOs or a median of them. There's so many marvelous CEOs who know their people, make a great product for a decent profit, and do a great job, and they make the world a better place, and create employment, and they meet payrolls, and they do all kinds of things for the community. But then again, there are exceptions that prove the rule. Like, just because I was once at Yale, I hope you don't judge me by that. And so they had these numbers, and they were like 2001, 18,001, 15,000, sorry, sorry 2001, 1801, 16. 15, and so on, and they were that ratio that I just mentioned. Now, when Germany and Japan were eating us for lunch a couple decades ago, their ratio was like 19 to 1 and 20 to 1, respectively, and ours used to be 16 and then finally 60 something to 1. Maybe now they say it's 350 to 1, but of course, that's a very mixed number. You'd have to sort that out. I'm not sure what truth that purveys, but my point is a different thing. Business Week was scandalized. Business Week was irate that people were doing this to their workers because they couldn't find money for a living wage, but they could find the other. And they said, it seems wrong. A few years ago, the bishops of Massachusetts, the four, called the priests together in the respective diocese, us to St. John's, and they told us that we had to let people know that coming up in the state house was a decision about raising the living wage. They pointed out it was completely inadequate at the moment, but when it was raised, it would still be inadequate. It would still not be a living wage. Now we all know people who say they don't believe in this and living that, but we say with one voice all the time we are pro-life. What could be more pro-life and at the heart of things than living wage? Or more precisely, at least in not getting that wrong, in paying a worker's wages and not missing them. I said St. James was a great help in the practical order for us as we prepare for confession and as we rethink our lives, and we think of the things that really matter. And so in the epistle of the fifth chapter we have today, it will devour your flesh like a fire. Behold the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your field, fields are crying aloud and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. I imagine their children as well. You have, and then it goes on, but enough. It just makes clear sometimes we can take advantage of others. We don't have to be CEOs to do that, why pick on them? They're us and we're them. That instinct, that part of original sin has us all as our Achilles heel. But how important to think about the things that really matter and not to just choose the game and the, the trick of the day. But how important to choose Christ and his servant, the Apostle James. And to listen what the Lord has to say in the gospel where he's very clear, if your hand caused you trouble, cut it off. Better to enter heaven without one hand than to go into fire and Gehenna with two. How important to call ourselves short about the good and to choose that and to develop a genuine taste for the good and also uh, have our noses adjusted like a smoke detector for evil and run from that out the fire exit (laughs) with all all due speed. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.